Thanks for joining us today on Mormon Land, where we explore news in and about the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I'm senior religion reporter Peggy Fletcher Stack. I'm joined by managing editor Dave Noyce, who oversees our faith coverage. Hi, Dave. Hello, Peggy. We invite you, our listeners, to show your support for Mormon Land by going to patreon.com, where with a small donation, you can access all of the Tribune's religion coverage, transcripts to our podcasts, and the Mormon Land newsletter. Again, that's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Mormon Land. Now for today's show. In the not-too-distant past, members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints proudly wore the Mormon moniker. Starting in 2011, the Utah-based faith produced a global advertising campaign with the slogan, I am a Mormon. It included hundreds of two-minute video or photographic bios of individual members as a way to show outsiders that Latter-day Saints come in all shapes, sizes, and colors, that they're not so different, Uh, They're your friends and neighbors. When current church president Russell M. Nelson stepped into his role as prophets here in Revelator in 2018, though, he mandated that the term Mormon be banned from use by members, scholars, outsiders, and media alike. He even had it removed from the faith's world-famous Mormon Tabernacle Choir, now known as the Tabernacle Choir at Temple Square. In a recent blog post on By Common Consent, Taylor Kirby described feeling nostalgic about the previous ad strategy. He is here via Zoom from his home outside Phoenix to talk about what he liked about it, what it did for him and the church, and what he misses about it. Taylor, welcome. Thank you, Peggy. It's wonderful to be here. So you were serving a, a volunteer mission for the church during the I'm a Mormon campaign. Where were you and what was that like? Thank you. Um, I was serving a mission in in Washington, D.C. in 2011. Um, However, I was serving a Chinese-speaking mission in Washington, D.C., which created some unusual circumstances for us. Um, I served a small branch in the Maryland area of about 60 people. And normally, missionaries are transferred every six or 12 weeks, right? Um, I was there all but three transfers of my mission. And so we became almost permanent fixtures of this branch. We were members of the branch, serving the branch, rather than visitors of the congregation, helping the congregation, as missionaries often are. But one thing that was so wonderful about the I'm a Mormon campaign is it gave us videos and resources of people that looked like the people we were serving. Um, the hard reality is that there aren't a lot of uh, videos or resources that showed Chinese people or people of Chinese ancestry. And it was so wonderful to, uh, in speaking to investigators or even members that we were serving, pull up a video from the I Am a Mormon campaign of someone who was from China. There were one or two that actually had Chinese in the video. The person would speak Chinese to their um, family and then go back to English when talking to the camera. Um, But more than that, what was so wonderful about the I Am a Mormon campaign is that it demonstrated um, to all of us Mormons that there are people of all backgrounds, um, uh, 
as as you said, colors and cultures who are involved within the Mormon movement. And I, I think that more than anything else, that was the crux of my argument in the By Common Consent piece, that the I'm a Mormon campaign, at least for me, was more important for what it taught us members of the church than what it showed those outside our faith. So can you remember uh, some of your favorite ones? Yeah, there was, uh, I, I think I mentioned these in the piece, there was one, uh, the, the one that I always go to is this kind of rugged looking biker guy. And uh, it shows him out and he's riding with his biker friends and their leather jackets and they, and they look so much like the sort of people that your young men's president would tell you not to be. Um, and they're, they're just out there you know, causing trouble or whatever. And then he comes back to his house and like has a family home evening. And it, it, it was that that was one of my favorites because of how forcefully it transgressed my expectations as a member of the church uh, regarding what a member of the church looks like. And there's this moment, in fact, at the end of his interview where he says, listen, I may not be the best Mormon, but I, I, I try my best. I, in fact, I think what he says is, um, you know, I, I look around at the other people in the church and I know they're doing better than me, but I can only do what I can do. And I just think that was so wonderful in what it taught, quote unquote, regular members of the church about what it means to be a member of our community. That we don't need to look a certain way. We don't even need to act a certain way. We just need to make sure our doors are open to all sorts of people. And it, what, and it reminded us that all sorts of people are already in our church. They are already in our congregation. Um, sometimes I, sometimes I, I think when we have this conversation, um, we are left with the charge to be welcome to all sorts of people. And what the I'm a Mormon campaign drove home was the reality that all sorts of people are already sitting on the pews next to us. And we just need to continue to recognize that they, like us, <laughs> bring wonderful insights and treasures um, to, to the kingdom of God. So and, Taylor, oh, yes. sorry. No, let's no, no. Yeah, let's drill down a little bit on this. Uh, why do you think uh, the ad campaign was, uh, you know, fairly seen as very successful um, and, and widely praised? Why do you think that they were so compelling? Um, well, I, I think that they were compelling because they cut against what outsiders expected Mormons to be. Um, as, as much as we inside the church have a rather insular view of what makes a Mormon, those outside of the church have one that is more stereotyped and, and more whitewashed. Um, if you have ever had the, the pleasure or displeasure, I suppose, of watching the, uh, Book of Mormon musical, <laughs> I, I think for all of its faults, it does a good job of showing rather accurately how people outside our church view us. And it's, it's, it's not a very flattering description, but it's also a very monolithic description. Um, everyone is more or less the same. 
the I am a Mormon campaign fought against that perception quite forcefully. Um, and I think that's why it was so successful. Um, but again, for me, I care very little about what people outside the faith are going to think about us. Um, they're going to have their own opinions and it, 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 it it's going to be what it's going to be. I think what matters much more is how we inside the faith um, conceptualize our Mormonism. What, how, how do we inside the faith determine who is a valid uh, member of the church? I, I think that matters much more. Um, and for me, what is the reason I am nostalgic for the I Am a Mormon campaign is that it it forcefully, I think, drilled down to us insiders, us members of the church, that anyone and everyone can be and already is a member of our community. Um, so why do you think, um, I mean, today the church, even without the I'm a Mormon campaign, does try to post lots of pictures of different types of people. Um, the problem is that a lot of those photos are are kind of stock photos, you know, to show that kind of diversity. But in fact, um, the I'm a Mormon campaign, let people talk for themselves, like you just described the biker guy. Um, do you think the, that sort of authenticity was part of the message? I absolutely think it is. Um, the thing that's so beautiful about a I Am a Mormon campaign is it gave voice directly to the members of the church to say, this is who I am, this is where I come from, and this is why I believe Mormonism, or the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, has brought value and meaning to my life. I mean, that's so powerful. And in a church where, for better or worse, we, we in our church, for better or worse, we more often hear from our leaders than we do people on the ground. Um, and it was so beautiful to hear regular people like me and like you get up and say, this is who I am. This is what I do right. This is what I do wrong. And I'm so grateful to be a part of this community that loves and accepts and has brought meaning to my life. Um, on the, on, on, on the, the issue of the stock image point that, that, that you brought up, I, I think that that's a good characterization of how we often uh, go about that sort of thing within our community. In fact, when I was on my mission, there is this uh, there is this photo that is in the like official church flip book of photos they 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 give to missionaries, and it shows a family of Asian descent sitting around a table, um, and the sort of table they're sitting on is one that a Korean family would 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 sit around. It's one quite low to the floor. Um, and then one of the people, I believe, is holding a book that has Chinese characters. And then in the background is a picture with Japanese characters. <laughs> so from, an, <laughs> from someone who, you know, knows nothing about any of that, it looks like- It was like a mashup, a, right? You're saying- Yes, exactly. <laughs> but when you would show that photo to someone who was actually from China, they would say, what, what is this? Like, it was, it was so clear to them that there was not a Chinese person in the room when that photo was 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 being uh, put together. But the I Am a Mormon campaign, in, in contrast, 
had people from all over the world who could speak genuinely and authentically about themselves and their heritage and how our faith was able to have room for someone like them. So you, you make a, quite a point about the importance, and we've been talking about this, of this campaign obviously geared toward outsiders, but the effect it could have on insiders, on members themselves. You talk about sort of like being a reminder that, yeah, they're your friends and neighbors, and guess what? They're the people sitting on the pews with you, and, and, and there's a wide variety. It seemed like when, when these campaigns were going on, I heard a lot of people say that they felt pretty proud of being a Mormon. Uh, when these came out. Now, I know proud sometimes is a, a loaded word in Mormonism, but but did you did you did you feel that? Absolutely. And in fact, the when I think about the uh, the uh, the type of Mormonism that I continue to try to practice, I go back to that version of Mormonism that I saw in the I am a Mormon campaign. And I and, and I want to say one more thing to your point. I am. Um, when I, I was um, previously at Claremont Graduate University where I, I studied religion, and one of the readers of my thesis was a man named Phil Zuckerman, who is a, um, he, he is a scholar of secularism. The, the uh, two readers of my thesis were Phil Zuckerman, who studies atheism, and uh, Patrick Mason, who has published a Deseret book. It was, it, was, it, was, it was quite the combination. Um, <laughs> But I, I was once at, at a lunch with, with, with Phil, and he was talking about some of his work, and he made a claim about religion and secularism that I think about all the time. And it was, he said that when, um, first he said that religion isn't going anywhere. There, there are some very secular people in the world who imagine it's going to go anywhere, and, and, it's, and it's not. There are some things that religion can provide that you just can't find on the outside. And the first thing that it provides uh, better than anything else is community. When people leave religion, they can find a different way to feel awe and wonder. They can come up with a new kind of ethical code, but they, there is simply not a secular equivalent to the sort of community that religion can provide. There is not a diff, There is not another organization bringing you casseroles after you have a baby. It's just not out there. And so, when when I think about our faith and the continued preservance of our faith, um, we I, I think that we must remember that our market advantage. Forgive me for using so clinical of a term is our ability to foster meaningful community. That is the one thing we have that will not, that cannot be replaced on the outside. Everything else that we imagine as being so special and sacred, and I'm, I, I'm not saying it's not, um, all of it can find some sort of, of allegory, um, some, some, some sort of counterpart on, on the outside. Um, but it is, it is so important and incumbent upon each one of us to ensure that we have meaningful community within our congregation. Um, because that's, 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 that's the one thing we got. That's the one thing they can't find on the outside. And the, the I Am a Mormon campaign, I think, did so much to remind us of the importance of welcoming and loving 
and creating bonds with every single member of our community. Do you do you worry that community is being lost within the church? I I, I I'm, I'm just wondering what you think on that. Yeah, I I do. Um, how I, how I, and why? You know, do you think that is? Well, you know, one thing I think about is um, I. I often think about how I experienced the church when I was in the youth program versus how I experience the church now as a, as a, as an adult. Um, and when I was in the youth program, you being, being, being in the young men's, the young women's program, you are forced to make meaningful connections with the other young men and young women in, in your ward and stake. Um, I, I have really fond memories of, of going to conferences and being assigned a small group of people, um, that I was going to be best friends with for that week. Um, or, uh, you know, being, being forced as it were to, to go to dances and, 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 and hang out with these people, um, or having weekly gatherings with the young people in my ward. Um, and as you grow older, there is simply not a version of that for adults. Uh, and I don't know what the version ought to be. I, I don't want to try to find a solution here. That's, that's for someone much smarter than me. Um, but I, on a personal level, I, I have spent a lot of time reflecting uh, on the fact that as I have grown older in the church, it has become so much easier to become disconnected from the other people around me. Um, it is so much easier to sit on the pew, to listen to the talk, to then go sit in Sunday school and grab my kids before they cause a problem and go home. And um, more and more, especially as I, as I speak with, with um, people of, of my generation, you know, I'm, I'm 30 years old and um, they, in that way, a lot of us are kind of just coming into our full adulthood. Um, I, I think for many of us, that is becoming more and more the experience. Um, and it's, it's, sociologists will tell us it's harder to make friends as, as adults. Um, and so I'll, I'll, I'm rambling, but all, all of this is to say, perhaps it's a product of, of my being, coming out of a transition in the church, you know, kind of, you know, being an adult now where I, where I wasn't before. Um, but as I look around my congregation, I, I see uh, a lot of people like me that, that go sit down and then leave. And, and um, I, I do think that we more often than not, are uh, losing out on a level of community that we could have. Um, and I don't know how to fix that problem. I, I can only speak to my experience. Um, but I, I, I do think that we uh, are not... I do wonder how many people who go to church every week feel like they have friends within that congregation rather than spiritual co-workers, as it were. 
So Taylor, some say the I'm a Mormon campaign presented a diverse and accepting community that didn't really exist. That in fact, it was, it was aspirational rather than real. What do you say to that? I, this may be a controversial answer, but I, I truly don't care if it was real or not. Um, Hmm. I, I, I hear that criticism. And in fact, it may be true that it was aspirational rather than real. Um, And if it is aspirational rather than real, I think it's important for us to continue to hold to it as an aspiration. Um, And the the other part of it is that there are components of it that were almost certainly real. There are Mormons of all different colors. There are Mormons of all different languages. And I think that it is a great and terrible sin for us as white members of the church to forget that. but again, I truly, truly don't care if it if it was a, um, a reflection of reality. Um, I think that what we saw in the I Am a Mormon campaign very much ought to be our aspiration for what it means to be God's church on earth. You you close your blog with an interesting comment. You say. If we are serious about creating an eternal community here on earth, we must begin with accepting a version of a Mormon us that is bigger and infinitely more complex than the Mormon me. What did you mean by that? Yeah. Well, first, I think that the the goal of our religion more than anything else is to create community that lasts both here and on earth. Um when we look at the history of Joseph Smith, we see a man that suffered great, uh, terrible, terrible loss uh, from his brother Alvin to several of his children to his father uh, be before his time. And I look at the ministry of Joseph Smith more than anything else. I see a man who wanted to feel a sense of community that went that um, that was not. Uh, broken up by death. And here in the church, um, I think that we have a commission, we have a very sacred call to build a meaningful, loving, lasting, Zion-like community. And if we are serious about creating Zion, like Joseph Smith was serious about creating Zion, like Brigham Young was serious about creating Zion, that we need to accept that Zion is going to look a lot different uh, than the individual person. There are all sorts of people, there are all sorts of languages, there are all sorts of cultures that are a part of Zion. Um, To be of one heart and one mind doesn't mean that we are exactly the same. And if we are serious about that very, in my mind, in my view, very, very sacred goal, of bringing the world together in eternal gathering, we need to be open to the reality that there are people who don't look like us, that don't act like us, that are nevertheless part of the elect called to gather with us. And um, this is something that I think most Mormons know. In fact, I can't imagine a Mormon who would disagree with what I've said, Um, but I think that we need to be more conscious of it as, as a reality, um, that we, we need to be more conscious of the fact that uh, there are people who will not look like us, uh, who will not act like us, who are nevertheless 
needed uh, in our pews and in our community. So that is what I mean, that the, the creating community, creating Zion is a sacred, sacred work. Indeed, I, I believe that it is the end all of our commission as Latter-day Saints. And in order to create that community, we must pull from the whole world, from all cultures, from all creeds and all people. They can't all look like us. So what do you think is the harm? Uh, Those videos have been taken down. The word scrubbed, really, the word Mormon scrubbed from a lot of uh, uh, elements of the church. What do you think is the harm by losing that word? Yeah, I um, I'm working on another uh, blog post for BCC that will go more in, into that. When I when I wrote the first post, um, it was more about the ethos of the Mormon campaign than it was the debate over what to do with with that word Mormon. But I, I do have some thoughts. I I think first that I I I, I truly respect the goal that President Nelson has. He is he um, I. I don't believe at all that President Nelson is trying to rebrand the church, as is sometimes alleged. I believe, as I, I take him at his word when he says that he uh, sees that the name of the church is quite special, that it's listed in Scripture, and that we ought to, um, we as as members of that church, ought to keep Jesus Christ in the forefront. Um, in this new piece that I'm working on for for by common consent. I say that um, I view President Nelson as um, um, I think that he understands speaking the name of the church as something of a sacrament in and of itself. That there is um, that there is a, a sort of ritual. Um, uh, there is something kind of ritualistically special and important about how the name of the church ought to be said. Um, and I and, and I think that he genuinely believes that and is trying to bring us in line with how he sees um, scripture uh, speaking vis-a-vis the name of the church. With that said, um, the one piece of discomfort I have in our abandonment of the word Mormon is that when I say I am a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints rather than I am a Mormon— I am I am um, I am declaring my allegiance to an institution rather than my heritage. What I mean by that is this: that for me, uh, so much of my Mormonism is based in my own heritage as a Mormon. Um, it's a way for me to connect with my ancestors. It's a way for me to connect with my mother and my grandmother, and and. Um, it, I, I do feel a little sad that I am asked now to um, instead speak directly to my membership in this church community rather than uh, to the history I have with the community. Um, And I think that there's something lost there. Um, I've come to this place in my own faith where I, I truly feel like I can't leave Mormonism any more than I can leave the fact that I am a, a, a you know, a, a man who likes chocolate. <laughs> it's just part of who I am. Um, 
And I think that the, the Mormon moniker speaks to that a little bit more accurately than my membership within the institutional church. Taylor, as we, as we wrap up here, let me just ask you, could the church just do this campaign and say, and say I'm a Latter-day Saint? I truly think they could. I, I don't think it was the word Mormon that made the magic here. I think it was our willingness to hear from individual members um, about their own experience, about their own backgrounds, and about what made the church meaningful to them. And that, that second part is, is, is one thing that I, I didn't talk about as much as I should, that um, what was so beautiful about the church was that, or excuse me, what was so beautiful about the campaign was that individual members told us why the gospel was good. We are so used to hearing from our leaders about why the gospel was good. But in, in this case, it was individual people, on the ground people, um, who were able to say, I find this meaningful because. And again, I was on my mission during the campaign. That's what made it so powerful for us, was that you had people of all backgrounds, of all languages, of all heritages, saying, regardless of how different we are, we are unified in this one thing, that the restored gospel of Jesus Christ is able to bring meaning to each one of us. And each one of us may have something different that we find meaningful. Either there's some other, there, each one of us have a different aspect of, of, of the gospel that brings us fulfillment and meaning and purpose in life. But nevertheless, we are all unified in our recognition that there is something special about the restored gospel. And it's special for us, and it can be special for you, whether or not you are already in it. Um, so, yes, they could do it without the Mormon word, 100%. Um, and I, I would love to see the church, I, I don't know what, what, what it would look like, but I, I would love to see the church um, take on I, I would love to see them try something that looked like it. Absolutely. Taylor Kirby, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. It was an pl absolute pleasure. I appreciate the invitation. And thanks to Dave Noyce. Always a pleasure. And to producer Chris Samuels. We remind our listeners that they can keep up on all the happenings in and about the church by subscribing to the Salt Lake Tribune's free Mormonland newsletter. Just go to sltrib.com to sign up and we'll talk again next time on Mormonland.